Good to be back. Um, driving from the airport, I was, I was interested to know how we'd feel. Kind of coming, it's been like seven months, and um, Ruth's just like hit on the head, which is like it, it feels like home in terms of just like it's so familiar. You know, coming, seeing Jimmy, Tom and Grace's house, and it's great to be here. So, yeah, Naomi, you're amazing. I was so blessed. I, I, I didn't know that you could do that. Seriously. I felt like I was sitting in your living room and you're just worshipping the Lord, you know. I feel like that's such a... Um, watching you do that is like watching you unravel a key for you in this church. Just eyes on the prize, dove's eyes on Jesus. And it's like that's literally like carrying a breakthrough like on you and in worship. So... God loves that in you. You are a worshipper. And that word that you shared at the start is actually you. It's after hearts. You know? Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray because I really, 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 really want the Lord to speak to us this afternoon. You know, that, like there's been times when I've preached and I've listened to myself afterwards and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a good word. <laughs> Seriously. I've, had, I've got so much confidence in, in the biblical precept of preaching because it's God's idea. So now when I prepare a sermon, I'm like, well, Father, what do you want to say? And when I kind of get myself rather than what should I say, well, what do you want to say? Because he's very, very passionate about his church very passionate he has a lot of lot of things to say to to his church and so I just want to just let's just put our hearts again on Jesus as that has it has as they have been during worship let's just look to him and say Jesus we need you Holy Spirit you are real the veil has been torn the Holy Spirit is abroad on the face of the earth hallelujah Acts chapter 2 has happened the Holy Spirit has descended. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, we love you, we love you. We need to hear your voice. We need your clarity. We need the stillness that comes, the clarity that comes, the confidence that comes from hearing your voice. Holy Spirit, come and manifest yourself amongst us. We are here, the two or three gathered in your name, Jesus. We acknowledge your manifest presence amongst us, Jesus. This isn't a social club or a religious group. This is the body of Christ gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And we need to hear your voice. We need to hear your voice. Speak to us today through your scriptures, Father. By your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Well, Naomi is... Start, starting series, or I started, started last week, Armed and Dangerous. Armed and Dangerous. Damien texts me and says, I'm talking about Armed and Dangerous is if you can tie it. I'm like, that is so easy to tie in anything on Armed and Dangerous. So um, I, I want to build on, on that. Armed and Dangerous. When I asked the Lord, I said, well, Father, what do you want to say? 
and what are we armed with? It wasn't like one of those things when you kind of wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, you know, wait on the Lord. He just spoke like that straight away to my heart, so clear. He said, we're armed with faith. We're armed and we're dangerous because we are armed with faith. Faith is the weapon by which we overcome the world. And I want to talk this afternoon on a two-pronged aspect of what that means for us. The first one I'll recap. The second one I'll invest more time into. The first point that arms us, or the result of us being armed in faith, is full access to the Father. Because the fact that we are armed with faith, the Bible says that we don't receive righteousness by works of the law, but by faith. You see, in the kingdom, big doors swing on small hinges. What that means is, if you don't have a hinge, you have a wall. If you have a hinge, you have access. And a big door will swivel upon two small hinges. And the Lord's shown me that small belief systems, what you put your faith in, will open up either doors of blessing and intimacy or doors of fear and anxiety and different things. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. We know that. So the first thing we understand is that our faith provides us access to God. And that is the, the most dangerous thing on the face of the planet is a, is a human who has access to come boldly to the throne of grace. That is the, the most dangerous thing. And we get there by faith. Not by works, not by merit, not because you deserve it, but because Jesus hung on the tree. He became a curse for you. And you access that reality by faith. By faith. By faith. Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. That's a very small hinge in my opinion. He just believed, okay God, you're going to give me a son. I believe you at your word. Boom. Righteousness. God's like, this little hinge. There's righteousness floods through the door. And God's like, I, I have someone on the earth who can believe with me. It's the currency of heaven, faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without it. Impossible to please God without faith. If you want to be a believer who is armed and dangerous, be a believer of the faith. Faith in Jesus, not faith in your own works or ability, but faith in the finished, complete work of Jesus. Let your boast be in Him. Your access to God by faith provides for you righteousness. An unbridled relationship with God. Full access. It provides for you sonship. By faith you've been adopted into the family of God. That means you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You've been adopted into a really wealthy family. 
God is your Father. You've been restored to the image of God. You look like Jesus. You look like the Father. When people say to me, oh, your kid, they look like you. I'm not like, that's insane. Oh my gosh, no. No, of course they do. They're made in my image. They're flesh of my flesh. We've partaken of his flesh. We drink in his blood. The Bible says that he who is joined to the Lord has become one spirit with him. Wow. If we get this, if we get this, we will be armed and dangerous. We will be armed and dangerous. Because the devil isn't God's equal. The devil is Michael the archangel's equal in that sense. The devil is a fallen angel. God is supreme. God is preeminent. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He sits above the circle of the earth. And we are in Him and He is in us. We are armed and dangerous. We are forgiven. By faith, we are forgiven. Do you know how good forgiveness is? Oh my gosh. Mercy. The mercy of God. Thank you, Jesus. We are forgiven. We've been set free. We're set free from sin. We're not just forgiven of our sins. We have been set free from the entity of sin in our heart. By faith. Free from guilt. Free from condemnation. Free from the yoke of slavery. This is good news, guys. We have full access by faith to the Holy Spirit who bears fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace and patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit's job, one of them, is to bear fruit in our lives. And as we abide in Him, by faith, He produces the good things that we want in our life. By faith. Anyway, a bit of a summary. A bit of a summary for you. The first arrow that makes you armed and dangerous is that you have access to God by faith and that qualifies you for a whole plethora of good things. Amen? Okay. You with me? Now the second thing I want to talk about, which I want to spend some more time on, is that you are armed and dangerous because you have the gift of faith. You've been given a measure of faith. To change the course of history. You are armed and dangerous because you've been given a destiny. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says this. That you are his workmanship. That means he's fashioning you. And you've been created in Christ. Not to sit around and do nothing. But you've been created in Christ for good works that God's prepared beforehand for you to walk in. Get that. You've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works. Whenever I see good works in my Bible, I see change the world. Whether it's that person's world or the world, it means change the world. That's what it means. And that's saying we've been created for good works. Good works you cannot do in heaven. Good works are here on earth. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
We're coming into a period of history which is going to be the church's brightest hour. If we can get this. If we can get this. I feel this urgency in my heart to, to like equip the church, equip the church, equip the church, equip the church. But also to provide hope for the church. Oh my gosh. To provide hope for the church. Christ, the hope of glory, lives in us. And I do not believe, it was Chris Valentin that said it, it so speaks to my heart. He said, we're not, as the church, the light of the church. We're called to be the light of the world. And if the church gets brighter, what happens in the world? It gets brighter. It gets brighter. Now, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world right now. I'm an an astute observer of culture, of politics, of of the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. And there's a lot of fear. We're not called to be naive. But by gosh, we're called to have hope for a future. And I want to challenge your eschatology. If you think it gets bad and 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 then Christ comes and takes us all away, I want to challenge that idea. I want to challenge it. The Bible says that of the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there will be no end. I want to propose to you that in the beginning was God who created a garden who made mankind in the garden to dwell with them on earth. And in the end, I believe Christ is going to come down to earth and we're going to dwell with us, right? And, and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. I have a very, very victorious eschatology. That doesn't mean that there's not trials and tribulations. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, we need to position ourselves to change the world. We've been created for good works. The reason we are in this position right now, in terms of, again, politics and culture, is because the church has vacated areas of influence in society. That's the reason. That's, That's the truth, I'm telling you. I've seen it here in the territory. I've seen it again involved in politics and whatever in, in, in South Australia. When Christians gather together and get informed and activated in faith, we can change the world. We can change the world. The thing is not rigid. We have tools. We have prayer to pull down strongholds, to mobilize, to shift things, to shake things. Oh my goodness, we have the power of God inside of us the wisdom from above but God's looking for a people to not be dismayed by the storm the Bible says in James chapter 3 he says where there is envy and selfish ambition there will be every form of wickedness think about that envy and selfish ambition Again, I've worked in politics. Is there envy or selfish ambition? You bet there is. You bet there is. So is it any wonder that we can find ourselves in precarious situations and people, you know, discord and what have you? We need more righteous people 
in positions of influence. We do. Not to try and Christianize society, but to walk in the wisdom of God to bring peace so the gospel can go forth. 1 Timothy chapter 2 talks about that. That we would have peace in our, in our leadership so that everyone would hear the gospel. It's really important. Titus chapter 2 and verse, from verse 11. For the grace of God has, a, has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly, and worldly passions, giving and giving life and to life self and and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, who gave Himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I want to inspire you. You've been created to be first the possession of God and from that to be a person who's zealous to change the world. Zealous for good works. How do we do this? How do we do this? I forget who had said it, but it wasn't me. It's truth, though. They said, faith begins when the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Say it again. Faith begins when the will of God is known. You say, well, David, isn't the will of God a mystery? I said, no, no, it's not a mystery. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verses 15 to 17, Paul says, look carefully. This is, so, this is, for, this is for the church. This is the word from the law for the church. Look carefully then how you walk. That means how we live our life. Not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I want to know right now, as we're experiencing a global shift, this is a global Kairos moment right now. The whole thing's just going creaking right now. It's shifting right now. I want to know what's the will of God. Because many Christians, they know what the will of the Facebook feed is. I'm t- and my, I can get sucked in, I'm telling you. I can get sucked in, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you, okay? It's very easy to know what's the live feed of news, which is literally not the wisdom of God. I'm not saying it's not always true or not true or whatever. I'm not commenting on that. What I'm saying is that there's a live feed from heaven called the will of God that we must partner with to know what's going on in this season. Otherwise, we will be a puppet to the narrative pedal from the pit of hell, whether it's good or evil. You hear this? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, even if it's good, if it's not the tree of life, it won't produce life. We need to know the will of God. That's where faith begins. That's where faith begins. 
then you can pray powerful prayers. Then you really are armed and dangerous. Because you know the will of God. You're not praying from your own selfish ambition. That's why Jesus says, you want to be my follower? Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Why? You're putting yourself aside and you're following the will of someone else. It's really important right now. So what's the will of God for your marriage or for your relationships, for your family? What's the will of God for your work? What's the will of God for our nation? What's the will of God for the nations of the world? When we can get that and we can pray and we can position ourselves in society to release that will, then we're going to see things shift in faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because when you operate in faith, you're operating in a realm which is transcendent to, the, to this world. You, you with me? When you're operating in faith, knowing the will of God, you're tapping into a realm which is transcendent. It's beyond this realm and you're pulling it into the current world. I've been really interested to know if this would work in the business sense, right? So Ruth and I, for those of you who don't know, we live in Victor Harbour and we have started a business. Because we're convinced that there's no divide between sacred and secular, right? We're pastoring a business right now. And so we're praying and seeking the Lord and we started full-time in February this year and essentially what we're doing is managing people's short-term rentals, like you know, Airbnbs and things like that. We work with investors and homeowners to do that for them so they can make money, we manage it and get a commission. Right? That's our business model. And so I have a business mentor and at the beginning of the year I'm like, okay, what's a good goal, a good target? And he's like, man, if you could go like, within 12 months, he's like, if you could get, you know, 15 properties from scratch, that's like building a website and like getting self-organized, that, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's great. And I remember I said to him, I'm like, I'm going to go for 30 properties in a year. <laughs> we have a, a habit of sometimes buying more than we can chew. But hey, buy, like, buy it more than you can, what was the saying about, chew like crazy, whatever. That's what we do, okay? Because I know what faith can do. So, in my desk, in my shed, I've got, uh, it's a paper, and I've got numbers 1 to 30, and I look up and I'm wording and I see 1 to 30, and I've been striking off properties as we go, right? And so, as of um, last week, we had, let's say, 10 signed contracts, right? Which is awesome, okay? And they're not all awesome properties, but I'm like, I'm getting there, okay? We're getting there. But I know this, on my desk as well, I look up and I see the struct off so I know where I'm going, vision. And then on my desk I have a little hinge. It's like a little door hinge. And I've engraved on it, believe. And when I'm like talking on the phone, whatever, I'm always like playing with this hinge because I know that big things swing on small hinges. And I believe that God can do it, right? So just like, you know, when we first moved there, we're doing research and what have you and seeing horses in this industry on the Flurio where we live and in Adelaide and what have you. And there was a company that was like, doing a great job. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of like part of our competition and business, what have you. Anyway, I got a phone call last week, was it Ruth? It was early last week. And it's the owner of this other business in Victor. 
And she's like, David, I've seen your website, da 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 da. Um, I want to meet up with you. And I'm like, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's talk, let's meet up. Anyway, she says, I want to downsize my portfolio. Can you take on 15 properties? <laughs> like, faith does stuff like, I can't be like, and in my business plan, <laughs> at this time, this will happen. Like, that is completely the Lord. But when you position yourself in faith, knowing I can't do it, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. But I know someone who can, and I want to hold on to the hinge of belief because I'm created for something greater. Yeah? So now, literally, the next step for us is employing someone, and we've got cash flow to really like leg up, right? And it's really exciting. I'm telling you, it's by faith. It's by faith. How do you shift nations? By faith. By faith. Who's been watching the Olympics recently? Some people, yes or no? Um, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of meeting a, a young athlete when I was working at Youth for Christ called Nicola McDermott. You may have heard of her, possibly. She's an Australian high jumper. And she's at the Olympics. And when I met her, I was in Sydney, and she's just this tall, beautiful, Jesus-loving woman of God. She's just completely in love with Jesus, and she's really good at jumping, right? And... She, when, she, when she was 11, she tells a story of how she, you know, really tall and everyone's like, hey, you should play basketball, but she couldn't catch a ball. She wasn't very coordinated. She um, tried different sports, but, you know, wasn't very good at them until she came to athletics. And she tells how she would just fall over the bar and break records because you know, she was just so tall. And when she was 11, she says that she realized that the Australian record for high jump in women was 198 centimetres. Almost two, two centimetres short, short of two metres, like taller than me. And when she was 11 years old, she said, I'm going to be the first woman to jump two metres. When she was 11 years old, she believed it. She had a coach, who's the same coach today. And so she has been training and training and training for that. In, I think it was April this year, she became the first Australian woman to jump two metres. Watch it, watch it on, on the internet, on YouTube or whatever, Nicola McDermott. And in her speech, she's just glorifying God. She's like, God did this. She's just so, so glowing, right? Shortly after that, a few months ago, or a month ago, she broke it again, and she two, uh, 2.1 metres. I'm sorry, 201 centimetres. Um, and she is a contender for a gold medal at Tokyo. Put, put it in your calendars. The 5th of August at 10.10am, 10 Eastern Standard Time. She'll be jumping, FYI. What blew me away about Nicola's story is that she had faith from 11. She said, I'm going to be the first person to do that. Well, I'm going to jump two metres. But here's the kicker. What provided evidence for her faith? You see, the evidence of her faith is that she has been extremely disciplined and focused in training. She's like super fit, super determined, and she has 
because of her, her belief, has centered her, causing immense self-control and self-discipline. If we truly believe something, the evidence of that will be found in our behavior. If I truly believe that prayer shapes nations, then I'll be on my knees. If I truly believe that I'm righteous, I will live righteously. If I truly believe, if I truly have faith, you should better look to my or to your behavior to determine the validity of that faith. James calls it faith without works is dead. What he's saying is the genuineness of your faith will be expressed through your good works. It's very important. We need to put our faith in the will of God in this, in this time right now. Do not partner with fear. Do not be naive, but do not, do not partner with fear very important for us. It's the most frequent command of Scripture. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. I would struggle with this because, again, I I love knowing what's going on and the more that I study, the more that I understand, the more opportunity you'll like, flip. There's there's stuff going down in the world right now. I I read a lot and the Lord showed me. He said, I don't want you... He said, I want you to read the newspaper like you read the Bible. What? No, what do you mean? What he's saying is, when I read the scriptures, I'm reading it talking to the author. Father, what does this mean? Thank you, Father, for this. I mean, you commune with the Father through the scriptures. So now when I read the paper, I'm like, Lord, I just pray for that leader right now. Thank you, Father. What's your insight into this situation? And, and literally, I, before I'd read and I'd feel like, like, oh my gosh, I need to have a shower or something. But now I'm reading and I'm like, I know how to pray right now. I know what's going on. I'm not tainted by it. I, I know how to specifically change what's going on because I'm reading it in faith. You're reading it in faith. We have the power in us to shape nations. It's the truth. It's the truth. But I feel, I feel like now Christians are like waking up to the, to the wickedness that's in the world and now they're freaking out. And I'm like, no, yes, wake up, but don't freak out. It's like, because before when a, when a Christian bubble, it's like, you know, praise the Lord, God's awesome, church all the time. And then we kind of popped out of the bubble because the bubble's, our bubble's getting popped by the pressure of this encroaching darkness. And God's like, okay, now go into the darkness and let your little light shine and you watch what happens. You watch what happens. When educated Christians who know the will of God walk in faith, they are armed and dangerous. They are the most dangerous thing on the face of the earth. 100%. Pray the scriptures. Pray the newspaper. One Timothy six verse twelve, fight the good fight of the faith. Our battle isn't against a government. Our battle is against the devil. 
the principalities and powers that are, that are at work on the face of the earth. We need to fight with our spiritual weapons. Fight the fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which we have been called, about to which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's the word of the Lord for us. Fight the good fight of the faith. Are you in the faith? That's not saying, are you saved, are you not saved? There's a posture of being in the faith. Dan Muller taught me that through listening to him. There's not just, again, salvation, but when you're in the perspective of faith, you're in the faith. Right through our scripture, it talks about the faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. Are you in the faith? Are you seeing through heaven's perspective? If you do not make intentional focus and meditation of the scripture, you will be molded by fear. You will be molded by a narrative from the world which partnered with fear will continue to perpetuate. But heaven's agenda, the will of God, do not be foolish, but understand the will of God. When you partner with that, heaven's released. One John five fourteen. I'll close with this, and this is the confidence that we have toward Him: that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. Who believes that Australia is called to be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Who believes that it's the will of God for us to have freedom in this nation? To preach the gospel and to live free. I believe that's the will of God. I don't want to believe that, have faith for that, that this will be a sending nation. The gospel will go forth from this nation. We must believe these things. We must know the heart and the will of God and be confident in them in order for us to be armed and to be dangerous. I'm going to pray for you. Pray for us. Heavenly Father, when we are left to our own vices, we make a mess. We eat the tree. We sin, we fail. We fall short of your glory. But God, with the gift of repentance, when we come humbly before you, not based upon our own merit, but upon your gift of salvation. You infuse us with your spirit. You redeem us and you reconcile us and you make us one with yourself. You take away our former shame and, and pain, Lord Jesus, and you have given us the oil of gladness. So Father, I pray that we would all walk in the full awareness of our inheritance. Father, I pray that Glory City Darwin would continue and increasingly be a church of your possession, a church zealous for good works, a church that, Lord, knows their authority, a church that isn't just tossed by world events or, or stuff in the territory, but we shape the narrative because we pray and because we obey that we will be the sons of Issachar, that know the times and the season and how Israel should act. Help us, Lord God, not to be shaped by fear, but built up in faith.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.